The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. everybody to the pwcc weekly hockey auction live coverage today is sunday february the 26th 2023 and my name is jeremy lee i would like to thank all of the subscribers viewers podcast listeners if you're not yet subscribed to the youtube channel please take a moment and do so and hit that notifications bell as well you'll know exactly when we are going live but let's get on with the business at hand and bring out our co-host josh madigan welcome back how are you today i'm awesome jeremy excited about the auction tonight this one is a really good well this month's auction there are 386 hockey lots one is a one is a wax lot 385 cards up from 213 last week it's a significant increase once again Bidding, extended bidding is all access. You no longer, or at least for today, you do not have to have a bid in before seven o'clock Pacific in order to place a bid during extended bidding. So that's pretty cool. There are some absolute bangers in the auction today. And your podcast, Josh, Sport uh, Hockey Card Gong Show, that just dropped on Thursday, you guys highlighted a few of them. For anybody watching, listening right now that didn't catch that episode of your podcast, if you didn't catch it, you should, but let's just get into some of the some of the auctions that you guys highlighted that you found interesting. Which one would you like to start off with? Well, it, first thing I'll say is it's really one of the more favorite things we do on our show because it provides us an opportunity to learn not only about the cards, but the players. And we usually start on the vintage side. And one that I know that you've talked about a lot before, might as well start with the 68 OPG Bernie Perrant PSA 8. And as I've learned from you, I think it was last week or the week before, right? You had said that this set is very hard to find cards at this level of condition, especially, right, one that is centered to the degree that this particular example is. So if you're a flyers collector, goalie collector, Bernie Perrant guy, this would be one to have. And as I mentioned, you know, we, from our show's perspective, 
the opportunity to learn about these guys to dig in. And when you look at his, I think it was 73, 74 and 74, 75 seasons, you could make the argument from a consecutive seasons perspective, the two greatest goalie seasons ever. Just if yeah. you think of like what Linus Allmark is doing right now, Bernie Perrant did that for two straight years and won two Stanley Cups, won the Vesna trophies and the Smythe in those years as well. So uh, what a legend and what a cool card. Yeah, he yeah, Perrant, you know, you said if you're if you're a Flyers collector, uh, a goalie collector, uh, a Bernie Perrant collector, or if you're a Hall of Fame collector, maybe the most popular of all of those, uh, this is a card that that you need. Uh, what I love about it is number one, it's from 1968 Opeachy. That is the first year of Opeachy uh, since 1940 or so. So it's really cool in that way. You're right though, Josh, it is really hard to find these cards in, in good condition. Centering is a B as far as it goes with these, but the, the, this type of, of off centeredness that this card has and really cards in general from the 68 Opeachy is that they're often on tilt. You know, they're often, you'll have one border is narrower than the red, than the other end of the border. And this card here, this copy looks to be printed pretty square to me. It's in a PSA 8 holder. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a PSA 8 of this card. I, I, I'm sure I've come across them or I've watched them sell, but I don't remember seeing one that really struck me like this one does. This one is very nice. It's population one of 13. There's nine graded higher. I almost find that hard to believe that there's even nine graded higher, but that's what the pop report says. So we'll go with it. In any event, I do love this card. I love the 68 design. And um, if any, is anybody out there interested in this card? Do you have a card like this here? What does Mike say? Mike right here says it's really tough to get a straight cut on the Perrant rookie. That's what I'm talking about. Straight cut, meaning even borders even if they're off centered it's tough to find one with even borders and josh i think you were mentioning that at the price it's at right now which after buyer's premium would be fifty four hundred dollars is this a new all-time high for this card in this grade it's it's close the all-time high is fifty five fifty, which was last july and it was a pwcc vault sale okay so one more bid and this one will break the record and Listen, I, I don't, if you are thinking about this card, if this is a card that you really want and you, and this is in your price range, I'm going to like bless this card personally, because listen, I, I own a copy. I think mine is a PSA six. I love the copy. I'm not looking to upgrade it. I'm happy with what I have, but if I were, you better know that this is a copy that I would be going for. So I just want to let everybody know that like, I, I do love this particular copy of the Perrant rookie card. Let's say a quick hello to Jake Dahl. Always good to see you, Jake. Thanks for coming. Mike says, what's up to us? What's up, Josh? All good in, all good in your world? Everything's great. Yep, had a, a good weekend here. What's up, Alex? Good to see you. Baz is back. And good evening, Todd McDonald. Tom Bullard grabbed an Allmark Future Watch Auto out of 99 for 20 bucks this past summer randomly because the Sabres fan. Yeah. And then he goes and scores a goal yesterday, yesterday yeah. or today. No, it was last night. Last night. Speaking of, of, of today though, Josh, um, Kirill Kaprizov, your guy 
had all three goals. It was Kaprizov three. I'm not even sure who they played zero today. What did you think of that game? Yeah, it was a 3-2 win over Columbus. And it's just indicative of where the Wild are at right now. If Kaprizov doesn't score, we don't score. There was a stat about a week ago that the Wild had gone seven games. Listen to this, Jeremy. Where they did not score a goal without Kaprizov on the ice. Yeah, that's imp- that's impressive. It was it's yeah, bad. it was it was three two. But the nice thing was that he scored the two goals and then he scored yeah. the overtime winner. So Kaprizov, yeah, talk about an MVP for that team. Uh, there's no disputing that for sure. Let's uh, Josh. Let's go on. What what was the next card you guys highlighted? And I'll bring it up. Yeah, the next one we highlighted was the. 1911 C55 Joe Malone rookie. So that's this guy right here. And as I was mentioning to Josh before the show, this is from the 1911 C55 series. This is the second year of hockey cards ever. And I've collected, there's the the 1910s, 11s, and the 1912s. They go by the C56, the C55, and the C57 series. I collect all three sets. I've got the first set completed, and I'm almost on the next two. But when I started that endeavor, the very first Imperial tobacco card, the very first tobacco hockey tobacco card I ever bought was my Joe Malone, the Phantom Joe Malone card, because he was the player that I was most familiar with when I started that endeavor. And Josh, uh, Josh and Troy on the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast, you guys did a pretty deep dive, which you always do when you t- look into a player's card. You always talk about the player. What can you tell the audience about this player. And I just want to say, before you go off for a couple of minutes talking about him, this is another card guy. Like first, you guys have to understand, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record tonight. There are so many cards in tonight's auction that I think are amazing. They look beautiful. They're, they're worthy of, 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 well, they're certainly worthy. They're mostly in my collection already, so I don't need to buy them again. But like, I approve of so many of these cards tonight. And this one I have a PSA five of this copy. It's not as nice as this five and a half, but this is beautiful. Joe Malone was, was what Josh, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. He was one that we were really excited to learn about. And honestly, you know, we're in the U S and we're newer to the hobby than you are, Jeremy. And so is he's someone we were not familiar with. And he's of course a hall of famer. He played in the national hockey association, of course, before moving for Quebec, before moving to the NHL. And the thing that stood out the most to us is that if we think of guys like the numbers McDavid's putting up right now or Connor Bedard in 1911, he, he had those type of numbers. So in his NHA career, he had 179 goals, only 27 assists, but 206 points and 123 games played. And then in the NHL, he had 143 goals, 32 assists for 175 points in, in 126 games played. He led the NHL in goals and points in 1918, 1920. And most notably, I think he holds the NHL record for most goals in a game still with seven. And I think even more impressive than that, Jeremy, is he scored five or more goals in a game five times. (laughs) Yeah, really impressive numbers. What strikes me the most is his goals to assist ratio, which a lot of people would call Alex Ovechkin maybe maybe a little bit greedy, maybe a little selfish, you know, too busy scoring goals and to dish off passes. Imagine Joe Malone in today's social media, how he would be ridiculed for being so selfish, scoring 
four to five times as many goals than he has assists. But as you guys mentioned in the podcast, were they even tracking assists all the time back then? And, you know, what else was, how different was the game at that point in time? So uh, I love this card. It comes with the PWCC exceptional eye appeal designation, which is the top 15% of copies that they've seen of PSA five and a halfs. It's a beautiful copy. $1,375, Josh. I mean, that seems way too low to me right now, considering I have a PSA 5 in my collection. And last time I think I evaluated its value, I think I had it worth more than this. I might, I might be wrong, but and that was already that was a little while ago. So I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but this look at the centering on this thing. Look how clean it is. I'm not, I'm not gonna blow it up and inspect it. But if I did, I assume we'd find something because every card, when, when these cards are graded, they all start basically at 10. And then there's just deduction, deduction, deduction as different flaws and defects are penalized. But this one looks to me to be stunning, stunningly beautiful. Josh, yeah, it presents any, any really other? well. Yeah, sorry, please. Oh, I just said it, it presents super well. There, the Not a high pop count on this, of course. And I think that... The the high sale to this point was in 2019 at 1250 US dollars. So this would already be a record sale. It just comes down to the fact that there really haven't been a lot of these that have sold. Yeah, they don't come up very often. You know, I've I I have my set, I have these cards of mine on the set registry on PSA's website, and I get emails probably once every six to eight weeks. Someone says, hey. Will you sell the whole thing? They make me offers. And I just say, nope, nope, nope. Or I, or I, and they'll give me, they'll actually make me a dollar offer, which I think is pretty nice. At least you're putting, you're not asking me to price my cards that I don't have listed for sale. So they make me an offer and then I'll come back with a, either I'll just say not for sale or I'll come back and I'll say, well, I'd let it go, but it's going to be this much. And I'm pricing it not to sell because they're mm -hmm. not for sale. And I think that's a big part of it is that quite often cards like this, you're just not going to see them very often. So when you do, if you need the card, you kind of better pounce. And I don't know if you're going to find a nicer copy. Like this is nicer than most sevens, I would think, just based on what it looks like from here. All right, well, let's go on to the next one, Josh. Which one would you like to touch on uh, next? So the next one is a 1988 OPG Brett Hall PSA 10. This one was a little bit of a nostalgia reason. When he was at the University of Minnesota Duluth, I lived in Duluth at the time. And my mother was a student at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And so we would go and watch him play in, in the Bulldogs hockey games. And so I have some Bulldogs uh, cards of his and sets from when he played and just really appreciate his career. I don't know if it's my favorite card because the jersey almost looks airbrushed uh, at that point. But, you know, for a guy that scored, what, 714 goals, is it? Or 41? One of the two. I'm probably mixing mixing that up it's uh it's just an awesome card i mean back back in 1990 91 he was the hottest thing going in in hockey cards brett hall was all the rage he was the he was the ovechkin or the mcdavid of the day and uh this card is very nostalgic for me josh i had a card shop in 1991 and when we opened we ran a promotion where for every ten dollars you spent in the store you got an entry to win a Brett Hall rookie card raw. This is pre-grading, yeah. but this, the store would be packed. I remember when we did the draw, I mean, it was like a big bucket filled with entry forms. I even rented one of those curb signs 
just to say win a Brett Hull rookie card. I mean, back then, like everybody was collecting cards. And this was this was the preeminent card of that period. And uh, I, I love it. I own a copy myself. Brett, I mean, Brett Hall is one of the best goal scorers of all time. And um, I don't know how this value is, how 3,200 right now kind of ranks in terms of recent comps or expected value. Do you know? Have you looked at that at all? Yeah, we have. So the last sale was in the December 4 PWCC Weekly, and it went for 3,000 even. So we're a little ahead of its last sale. All-time high is 5,000. So we're shy of that. And I believe that was one of those, just checking right now, it was a January 2021, so a pandemic. Yeah. High, which you see all the time. Yeah, you do. That was and that, um, that was a month after uh, the Gretzky rookie sold for a couple million bucks. I forget exactly what it was, the one that Patrick Bet David sold. And we were just then starting to see the run-up. Hockey did lag a little bit behind even back then, but still. Um, great card. Do you know the population, Josh? And I'm sorry to kind of come at you with these questions, but I'm thinking you might know it. I do. It's 63 and there were 3,124 submitted. That's a 2% gem rate. A 2% gem rate. And listen, if you listen to the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast, you know that we have young guns lately with up to 75% gem rate. So a 2% gem rate for a card that's not that old. I mean, 1988, some people consider it modern. I consider it vintage, but that is very low. And uh, only 66 of these made. I mean, yeah, I think it's a great card. It, it's To me, it's a key card. I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. And, you know, the only, the only thing that I would like, the only flaw really that I can see is pretty apparent is that centering on the, on the reverse of the card. It's definitely off-center to the right. And if you can overcome that because it's on the back, and a lot of people can, that's great. But if you are somebody who's particular about the rear center, the reverse centering as much as the front centering, then yeah, you'll have to pass on this card and wait for a, a copy that more satisfies your needs. But lovely card overall. I have a question okay. for you about that, Jeremy. Is yep. PSA, are they more known to be lenient on back centering than other grading companies? I thought I'd heard that somewhere. I don't know if they're more lenient than other grading companies. I just know that they're, and I mean, this won't come as a surprise, but they're certainly more lenient on the reverse than the front. I think to be a PSA 10, I think it can be as bad as like 90, 10 on the back and 60, 40 on the front. Um, I don't love 60, 40 on the front as a, as a minimum for centering. If, if I'm right, it might be 60, 55, 45, but I think for PSA it's 60, 40. And I think that's just, too loose of a standard this card is not that bad on the front this card looks perfect for centering on the front as far as what i can see yeah it looks pretty much bang on but yeah the back it might be 90 10 i'm i'm sure someone in the chat uh will know that or can correct me if i'm wrong on that great card overall all right um let's look at another one and then let's look let's go through the cards that you guys highlighted you and troy on the on the gong show podcast and then we'll go to some comments sure so the next one is a uh, Austin Matthews Young Guns exclusive. And th- the reason why we picked this card is one of the things that we've been working on developing is our gong show rules for investing in sports cards. And we have those on our website, hockeycardsgongshow.com. And it's kind of a living set of rules that we're building out. And our first rule is beware, be wary of high pop counts and run from high gem rates. And so this is a card, of course, because of 
the era in which it was produced and the popularity of Austin Matthews and the fact that he's a goal scorer where his young guns gem rates on the base are typically really, really high. And so as an alternative to investing maybe $1,500 or so into a PSA 10 for us, getting the more exclusive exclusives, which is kind of weird to say, but, <laughs> and particularly in this card where not only is it a gem mint, but it's a true gem plus. So really you're getting one of the finer copies of uh, and breaking that hundred down even further. And for that reason, I really, really like this card. I, I must say, I really like what you guys are doing with your rules uh, of, of, sorry, what are you calling them? We're just calling them the gong show rules. The gong show rules of investing or collecting, or is just the both. gong show? You just more both. And, and it's really, whether you're an investor or you're trying to hunt for that PC card that you want to make the best deal on or build a collection that has the ability to uh, create value and wealth over time. Well, I love, I love that you're putting these rules together. And I think, and I must say, I completely agree that this card fits into this card, like is almost a model example of the, of those rules, right? Because a young gun is young guns are heavily printed. They're heavily graded and they have heavy gem rates. This is the exclusive parallel out of a hundred. It is exclusive. And I, I like, you know, what you also said, it's a true gem plus uh, in a, as far as BGS grading standards go. And uh, that does put it in, in, you know, that kind of upper, upper echelon territory of, uh, I, I'm trying to avoid the wording to use exclusive again. We're using yeah. the word exclusive again, but it is an exclusive uh, card to own. So you're in exclusive territory. Okay. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. And there it goes. It just got a bid as we're sitting here talking about it. And, but the other thing to consider is that if a, if a, if a BGS nine, five or an, or a PSA 10 of this card sells for $1,500 and you can get in on one that is like almost like infinitely rarer, it's not in, you know, but, but probably like 40 times as rare uh, with a, with a high grade, it's almost a no brainer for three times the cost or four, even four times the cost. I think it makes a lot of sense if it's in your uh, affordability range. Yeah. Really nice, nice card for you guys to, uh, to, to highlight in on the podcast. Was there one more? One more. Yeah. It's a 2010, the cup signature patches, Sidney Crosby. The reason why we picked this card, Jeremy is I just thought it's a really beautiful card. It's an amazing patch. And hey, who wouldn't want to have a 2005 RPA of Crosby from the cup, but for very few people that's in their budget. And so if, if you're the type of person that would just like to have a really cool patch auto from hockey's most premier set, the cup, I thought, wow, this is a really great card and a really great option. And that's why we picked it. Yeah, I, th I think it's fair. I'd, I'd like to just add a little bit more information being that, this is what uh, this is from the signature patch insert set from the cup. So it's it, uh, an exclusive brand being the cup, the highest end hockey brand. But it's not your only option for a signature patch. They put upper deck includes signature patches pretty much every year of the cup. They've recently changed the name to like signature autograph materials or something like that. But they're usually at a 99 with this some 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 kind of short printed out of 75 or 25. But there are several years of Crosby, so this isn't your only option. But it is your only option in, to, in option in tonight's auction on PWCC, 
And then what it comes down to is design and aesthetic and which one do you want to lay your eyes on the most? And if this design speaks to you, then I completely agree with what Josh is saying. This is a great opportunity to get your hands on a Sidney Crosby on-card autograph game use patch card from the cup. So definitely something to consider tonight. 750 right now. So 900 with buyer's premium seems right around where it should be to me. The card's graded an eight. The autograph is graded a 10. So proceed accordingly, everybody, on that one. So those those were it, right? I had them all lined up right across the top here, Josh. There were five that you guys highlighted on the Gong Show episode that dropped on Thursday. And uh, with that, let's go to the main page of the auction. And I have it sorted here for just hockey at the moment. We're going to be able to see, well, let it refresh again for us here. But along the top, what we call the ticker, we're going to see what what items are being bid on from all categories. And uh, I'm just going to hover up here for a moment and we'll go to some comments right now. LGC joins us. Howdy to you. All the tough low pop 68 Opeachy cards were edge of the sheet cards. Opeachy got better at cutting the sheets after this year really interesting uh bit of information there and something to watch out for thank you lgc gerald what's going on windy city sports cards on instagram always good to see you uh joe sakic 19xx that's alex i missed the am i bidding i think i might be i gotta i gotta go to the on my phone and look i'll let you know if i'm bidding on, on anything for sure i'll tell you what there's two basketball cards tonight that i do have my eye on but I'm going to open up the app on my phone really quick and have a look. WC Chargers, good evening to you. Love the shows and podcasts. Great for hockey fans. Selling my PSA grade at 2019 clear cuts with PWCC tonight. Oh, the, the Palladium Shesterkin Auto. Nice to hear. Thank you for letting us know that you have a card on the platform tonight, WC, and we wish you the best of it. We'll hopefully get to take a look at it. What is up, Mitch? And to everyone who wants to learn about cup cards, Mitch delivered the first installment of the Cup Masterclass on the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast that dropped on Thursdays. Mitch, I've now listened to it in its entirety. I thought you did a great job. Very impressed with how you drilled down on everything. So, guys, go listen to that if you want to learn more about the Cup. Jake Dahl wants to get a Brett Hall rookie. Listen, I'm not going to tell you not to. I recommend Brett Hall rookies. Definitely, definitely recommend them. JH, any billiard fans here? Maybe. Raise your hand if you're a billiards fan. Mitch says Signature Materials is the new name since 2017. See, we got the cup guy. He'll tell us what they're called. Signature, signature Materials. He says, personally think that's one of their nicer designs for signature patches. Great card. Nice to know. The man who delivered the master class is, is approving of that Crosby. Again, that is this card right here. Mitch himself, Grotman Cards, is a fan of that card. Good evening, Eric. Always a pleasure to see you. And Toilet wants to know, what's up with these NBA authentic, super modern cards? Is anyone really counterfeiting these? Not seeing the point. Um, Listen, uh, Toilet, uh, I've seen some posts on the PWCC Instagram kind of talking about what they're doing with these things. Uh, So, Follow them and see see what they're saying and what the rationale is for it. And um, maybe you'll get your questions answered. Okay, back to the main page. Thanks, everybody, for the comments. So 
what I've done is I've got a bunch of cards favorited, but included in the ones I favorited are the two basketball cards that I'm considering putting bids on. So I kind of don't want to show that right now. I'm just going to see if I'm outbid on, on them yet. Doesn't look like it. So in the meantime, let's go to some of the other cards, uh, Josh, that, that I've pulled out to look at. And the first one is the one that appears on the YouTube thumbnail for this week's episode, which is probably my favorite card in the whole hockey auction tonight. And that is the 1955 Parker's Jacques Plante in a super high PSA 7.5 grade with the PWCC I Appeal Award of Exceptional being top 15%. Now, this card, like I, I'm not I'm not BSing, guys. When I say this is one of my favorite cards of, in my whole collection, I my copy is, I believe, a PSA 6. I love it. I'm not going to upgrade it. But boy, oh boy, if I was, this is a copy I would go for. The only thing about this copy that I don't love, and I'm going to, let's see if we can get that. It point that out. Okay, good. That worked. Well, two things. First of all, the slab has a crack in it. So note that. First of all, note that because that may tell you either you don't want the card at all or if you're going to buy it you might want to resubmit it for uh for you know you just might want you just might want to get it re-slab so that you have a clean slab because that's never something that you really want to have the but about the card itself and this is me nitpicking but i'm just going to be be just going to talk to you about it is this right edge here you can see that there's yellow coming through right at the edge. And what that tells me is that the red ink didn't kind of slab down hard enough at the edge. And if anyone out there knows different, but it looks to me like the yellow printing plate covered this whole rectangle that I'm outlining here. The yellow plate came down over here, laid down a big bar of yellow. And then the red or the magenta plate came down after with almost a stencil and stenciled out the 50, which was his jersey or the card number the his name and his position goalie or, or goal for goaltender so it's it's i think what this is is a bit of a registration issue versus how the ink slabbed down as i said earlier because you can also see a bit of overlap here so maybe what happened is the magenta plate was laid down like a millimeter too far to the left and left this little bit of yellow the sliver of yellow down the side here now i'm nitpicking this isn't a serious condition issue but it's something to notice that, that my eye was drawn to that. Outside of that and outside of the unfortunate crack in the case, this card is an absolute stunner and I love it. I mean, that's that, I just got to say, I can end it by saying I love it. Josh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, the first thing I'm thinking about is, and I've mentioned this before, one of the things I really appreciate about PWCC and the images that they provide giving you the ability as a buyer to go into this level of detail and inspect the card to the degree that you just went through. So we've been following, the cup was released a few days ago and I've been following sales on eBay and to a T, every photo is awful. I can't believe people are spending $1,500, $2,000, $3,000 on these cards and the images are, it's like stuck halfway in between a couch and the lights are off and you can't even see the card. So I just really appreciate that ability with PWCC to see this level of detail. You know more about the card and the printing process than I do. This is one of my favorite cards. I love the pose. It's amazing. And where it's at right now, this is a record sale for a PSA 7.5. 
the pose, Josh, the pose. I mean, when I, when I took this image and I got rid of the background and I used just the Jacques plant part of the card on the, on our thumbnail for this episode, I thought, wow, this is the nicest thumbnail we've had for this show because he, that is the best pose maybe in, in all of vintage hockey. I, I love the card uh, just so, so much. It is so pretty to look at. So Good luck and congratulations to the eventual buyer of this card. As Josh said, it has it is currently a record for the grade, but it's probably not a record for the for a card of this caliber because it not all 7.5s are equal. And this is a very strong 7.5. It's an exceptional one. Top 15% of copies that have come across the desks of PWCC. All right. The next card, Josh, that I that I pulled out as a favorite of mine. And you're going to see a, a trend here, everybody. Really, I'm talking about Hall of Fame rookies, uh, and I just love them. Dave Keon, you know, one of the, and again, I'm going to take a, a bit of a stab at, at the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I love you guys. They don't have a lot of, of Hall of Famers to buy cards from. They don't have a lot of, uh, you know, stars compared to like the Montreal Canadiens. Dave Keon is one of those players who was a star, was somebody who led the team and is a key. This is a key hall of fame rookie from 1961 Parker set. I always loved the cartoon on the back dairy queen. I mean, dairy queen is on the back of this card. I think that's just pretty funny for punchline. It says here for punchline rub under the cartoon with a penny. So if anyone buys this card, I would encourage you to crack it out of this holder <laughs> Take a penny and rub under the the under that guy's feet, so you can see what the what the answer to the riddle is, or what the what the what the funny quote is, because that's what kids were doing in the '60s, and that's why these cards are so hard to find in top-notch condition. PSA nine is extremely strong for this card. 1961 Parker's mint nine card looks absolutely beautiful. Slight off center, left to right. I would say you can tell by the the width of the border here versus here, but overall a wonderful card and um personally I, I own a copy i don't remember what grade mine is and it's probably a psa seven or eight but again i was uh, like the nine is just that much more valuable and anyway great card good luck to the bidders on this one uh someone's going to be a happy owner of the keon uh josh anything to say about the dave keon very cool card i think super tough at psa nine Last one that sold was in December of 2021. So if this is a card that you want in your collection, it's probably a good idea to try to go for it tonight because it could be a year or more before you get that opportunity again. So December 2021. So we're talking about 15 months since we've seen a card of a PSA 9 Keon come for sale. Uh, that's a long time. It really is, especially with the volume of transactions in our hobby right now. So. Uh, well said, Josh. Thank you. Let's keep on going. 1965, Phil Esposito. Mitch Grotman's eyebrows just raised because he's a big fan of Phil Esposito and how underrated this player is com considering all of his accomplishments. And I love the 65 top set. I, I, I know I love a lot. Of, I love a lot of cards, everybody. But I love the 65 top set. I like the way the team name is across the top in like a whole bunch of pucks stacked on top of each other. I love the simple blue background. And 
again, this is nostalgic for me. When I started collecting Hall of Fame, actually, let me back up. When I started collecting all the, the rookie cards of all the thousand point men in the NHL, I started that endeavor in the late 80s. Phil Esposito was one of the first ones I went for that was like a huge card back then. It was probably like $600. And I was like, wow, 600 bucks. You know, I'm going to have to save up for that card. And I did. And I got one and um, just love it. It's an awesome card. And as uh, Basement Break says right here, he's a 700 goal scorer. Great card. Yes, sir. Mike Double V says beautiful Espo rookie card. I mean, I, I agree, obviously. Um, just just a wonderful card. Josh, have you guys uh, at the Gong Show ever done any research into Phil Esposito? We just did today, as a matter of fact. So right before our show, Jeremy, we recorded tomorrow's episode. And one of the things we were looking at is right now, Connor McDavid's tracking for, I think, 154 points on the season. And if he can get that, he would be one of five players ever to have 150 points in an NHL season. And one of those five, or he'd be the sixth, but one of the five that's done it is Phil Esposito. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's, he's a, he's an all-timer, no doubt underrated as far as all-time greats goes in hockey. And, um, and I, I know, again, I called out Mitch before, but I know Mitch is uh, kind of taken aback by the, the lack of interest in Phil Esposito. And I think that he's right in being taken aback uh, by that Todd McDonald says agreed 65 tops at such a nice design and Eric says Espo rookie card is on my list for the expo very nice I'm sure you'll find one it's not excuse me it's not a rare card but it's rare in good condition you can find you can find as many as you want you know raw or in that like up to say good or ex condition but to find one in near mint mint or better it, it's a little bit tough uh, I want to back up here for a moment and uh, go to David Chow. Welcome, David. Always good to see you. Our friend says, love to see two of my best hobby friends doing the best hockey shows together. Very nice, David. Says, I love the plant. The only issue for me is centering. So let's just go back for a second and take another look because I did notice that and I want to highlight what, what he's talking about. So this left border here is wider than you would like in an in an ideal situation but the fat to me why i can overlook the centering on this card is because what i would compare it to is the bottom of the name plant to the edge here right that's definitely shorter than here and i'm not going to use the q i'm not going to use the bottom of the q i'm going to use the bottom of the other letters compared to here but i think why the centering doesn't throw me off so much on this card is simply because they're different colors that's it because they're different colors and because this border here is part of a larger rectangular portion of the card. So if you're looking for the perfect card, yeah, this is off-centered, you know, left to right when we're looking at it here in in, in the, at this orientation in the horizontal view, but David is not wrong. This card is off-centered left to right and you know what? If it was better centered, maybe it would be an 8. Probably would be. Probably would be. Uh, okay. Thank you, David. Uh, hockey barn says my plant is a 0.5. <laughs> like, so wait, does that mean that you have half the card or does that mean that it's created <laughs> 0.5 hockey barn? Good to see you. Uh, Mike says you can tilt the card so that the light reflects on the hidden quote. That way you don't have to scratch the back with a penny. 
So what he's talking about there is the back of the Dave Keon cart. Ah, let's just scratch it with a penny, Mike. Why not, right? That's what they wanted you to do. You're, that's what it was intended to do. Of course, I'm just kidding. Not that I need to say that, but um, Mitch says, Phil was a terrible player. Anyone holding his card should sell for whatever they can <laughs> get. That's the sound of a buyer right there. Exactly. Giamaz uh, says, I have the Esposito and a PSA 7. Daniel, good to see you. And congrats to you on owning that card in a 7. I'm sure it's beautiful. And okay, good. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on going and look at this 19. No, we already did that one. 1976. This will be the Brian Trottier rookie card. Uh, PSA 9, mint condition. I mean, Trottier was, you know, he's an all-timer. He's part of that islanders dynasty that won four stanley cups in a row what are your josh brian trottier and i'm sorry i can't keep track of every player that you guys have ever done a deep dive into but i feel like you must have looked at trottier by now have you we did it was a couple episodes ago so i'm gonna go off memory here but from what i recall from that really captained their cup run uh and I believe he's the first Islander to have his jersey retired in the franchise history. I yeah, seem to remember. That. Sorry, I, I let me jump in quick. I remember listening now, and I remember you. Pretty sure I remember you saying that, or I feel like I've had this discussion. Anyway. Yeah, we might have. I can't keep. We don't remember our own show. That's uh, trying to <laughs> laugh all the time. We can't remember what we talked about seven minutes ago on our show. So <laughs> having to pull it back here, but obviously an an all timer and. An amazing card. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say beyond that. Well, Daniel here says the centering on the Trottier top to bottom looks off. Yeah, definitely a little bit off. Let's open it up. I, I'm now finding that I can open these up, and this is a uh, this is so much better than the the Zoom uh, view that they have. The centering top to bottom. Yeah, da Daniel's right. Right. I mean, you're going to measure this little bit right here or this little bit right here versus the bottom of the letters to the bottom of the card. Uh, this is now it's definitely within a nine centering, but it's definitely off. So, you know, now with that, I will say I do prefer a card like this to be off center top to bottom versus left to right. It's just the left to right centering here looks to be bang on pretty good, pretty much bang on. Right. Top to bottom, definitely off. So if that, but again, listen, if that's going to bother you as you're looking at this card for the rest of your life or the, you know, during the period of time in which you own it, wait for a different one. But if it doesn't bother you as much and it doesn't bother me that much. However, that said, I probably wouldn't buy this one for my personal collection. I'd probably wait for a stronger nine myself, but you'd probably pay more for a stronger nine as well. I'd probably want one with like an eye appeal designation or something like that. But in any event, still a great card, great player. And even the side to side centering is tough to find on this card. So that right there is, is a bit of a win as far as I'm concerned. But Daniel goes on to say, love the Trottier card. And Tom Harrison says, Trottier to bossy. I mean, how many times it was that said where, where it was then followed up with any scores? You know, I mean, these they were a dynamic duo back in the early 80s. All right, well, let's uh, let's continue on and let's talk about, uh, I believe this is the Mike Bossy. Yes, it is. 78 Mike Bossy. If you've ever heard a podcast where I discuss my personal hobby origin story, 
It includes the story that these are the first cards I remember seeing. 78 Opeachy Hockey were kind of the, well, again, the first cards I remembered seeing was this set right here. So it holds a special place in my heart. I do love the design. I love the way you've got that kind of, I don't know, the, the like almost the fan coming out of the top left corner, the, the team logo, the position, the team name. I love the design. I love the rounded uh, box, like the rounded corners of the image versus a squared off corner. I think it just looks nice and smooth. And this card is another one where centering is almost impossible. Uh, here we go. Daniel A even makes the comment right here. It says, has there ever been a centered bossy in the in the back? Oh, he's talking about the back. But even the front is very tough. Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't paid as much attention to the backs as the fronts. But I wouldn't worry about the back for this card because front centering is so tough. Let's take a quick closer look at it and assess the centering. So top to bottom looks really good to me. Left to right is there, there might be a slight counterclockwise tilt. Very, very slight, meaning that it's a bit wider up here than down here. But that might just be my eyes playing tricks on me. Are, is anyone out there seeing that? Josh, are you seeing that as well? A slight tilt, like a degree or less? I didn't until you pointed it out, but now I do. It's so minor if it's even there. Not something that, that I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an absolute perfectionist when it comes to centering. I'm more of a perfectionist when it comes to registration. In this, in this copy of the Bossy Rookie, uh, that wouldn't bother me. I'd happily add this copy to my collection. I already own this card in a nine, so I'm set. But great card overall. Love the 78s. Mike Bossy. I mean, one of the best goal scorers of all time. Goals per game is probably among the best in history. And I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking it is. He had a bit of a shortened career. Uh, passed away recently. Just a Hall of Famer, great player, great card. And um, gosh, I mean, Mike Bossy had a ton of fans all over all over North America back in the day. I have a buddy. I have a buddy that I went to university with, college up that I did my commerce degree with in, in, in at the University of Manitoba. And he was Bossy was his favorite player. His number, his number is 22. He saw his twos, twos. I guess that was a thing. I don't know. Let's go to some quick comments here, though. Um Hockey Cards Up says he sees the tilt. Daniel says Bossy was amazing. And Mitch says such a tough grade for this one. Bossy is the highest goals per game ever. Thank you, Mitch, for verifying. I'm not surprised to learn that fact. Josh, over to you. Comments on the Bossy. It's one of my favorite cards. So I'm going to ask Mitch, is it 0.88 goals per game? Let's see how good I remember that. But I think that that might be right. That might be right. It's oh. Troy's favorite player, so my co-host on the Gong Show podcast. And so we talk about him a lot. And I think what I appreciate most about this card is I love the photo. I love the fact that his shin guards have, like, he's obviously been down on the ice, and he's mixing it up with, with another player. And it, to me, it's just an iconic image for for a card. And I, I think that's what I appreciate most about this. Yeah, I it, to me, it's an iconic card. It just is from in my personal hobby life. It is. Um, let's see. Tom Harrison says, yeah, number one goals per game. Pretty sure. And Mitch says, I had to Google it. 0.76 goals mm. per game. Lemieux is 0.75. So 
So Bossy has even Mario Lemieux beat for goals per game average over the course of a career. Let's keep on going to the next card that I have that I've decided to take an interest in, and that is this 1980 Raymond Bork PSA 10 rookie card. Um, again, this is iconic too. This is like so. I'm only look. I, I guys like. When I went through and favorited a bunch of cards, they were the cards that I love. So the fact that I sound like a broken record and say, I love it, I love it, I love it, like it's because I picked out cards I love. Trust me, there's a lot of cards in the auction I don't love, but we're looking at some of the favorites. And these are big cards. Like we're looking at all cards are $1,000 and up here. So apologies if it's kind of not your wheelhouse, but I'm just so excited to see such high caliber cards on the PWCC weekly right now that I wanted to look at them and share the, the insights with all of you. 1980 Opeachy Raymond Bork. This 1980 Opeachy is, it's a, it's an amazing set. It's got Gretzky second year. It's got rookie cards of Mark Messier, Raymond Bork, Mike Gartner, Rod Langway, among many others. Uh, but this is him and th this card and the Mark Messier are probably the best. Uh, in this, well, they are easily the best in the set. However, the Mark Messier might get the edge because Messier didn't have a tops card that year, but Raymond Bork did. So you actually have two options for a Bork rookie, both Opeachy and tops, and only one option for the Messier rookie. Looks like there's some stats down here in the 42 years since Opeachy printed it. PSA has only encapsulated 32 examples in a PSA 10. So that's uh, that's a that's I mean, what Brett Hall we talked about earlier was 63. PSA 10s, Raymond Bork yeah. is half of that. Both player, like, look, an epic 21 seasons. And then he went with Boston. Then he went to Colorado and won the Stanley Cup. And when the Stanley Cup was was claimed by the captain of the Avalanche, uh, Avalanche that year, Joe Sackick, Joe Sackick didn't, like, he, he kissed the darn thing. He didn't even do a lap with it. He just skated straight to Raymond Bork and gave Bork the cup. That tells you the esteem of which Raymond Bork has held by a player with a level of class almost unmatched, maybe by Jean Beliveau in Joe Sackick. Like you, you have to understand how important Raymond Bork was to the sport of hockey. Or if you don't, that should help you understand it. That Joe Sackick, the classiest guy in hockey, skated the Stanley Cup straight over to Ray Bork before he even took a lap himself. I, I just so impressed. Love the card. Looks beautiful to me. Here, let's have a let's have a closer look at it. Well, it's so easy to do that now. I mean, this thing looks perfect. The centering is like bang on, left to right. I always look at the angle here. Look at that angle between the corner and the corner of the yellow, and that angle there. That's my gauge for centering. This one looks to be almost perfect. Top to bottom looks great. I mean, the color pops. The surface looks beautiful. The edges look sharp. Corners are sharp. Like, what a copy. What a copy. Josh, any comments? Yeah, so we talked about the Brett Hall gem rate at 2%. This is 1.34%. So very, very tough grade. The other thing, too, and from a values perspective, I find this card really interesting. It's been all over the board from the past, really, two years. It went as high as I think almost twenty five thousand US in during the pandemic in January of twenty twenty one. At the price that's now, it's kind of at the range where at the lower end of of what it's been. And I bring that up just to say, who knows if it'll go down more? But if this is a card you've always coveted, 
even as far as in last June, somebody paid almost 14,000 for this. So I see this as a buying opportunity. Just I'm not even talking from an investing perspective, from a collector perspective, to get one of 32 copies of these cards for really close to the low point where it's been over the last couple of years, to me is an amazing buying opportunity. You make a great point there. I, I couldn't agree more. I remember when this card was doing like that $20,000 level and um, I don't, I can't see this card going down in value anymore, but Hey, markets change all the time. You never know, but compared to where it's been great card, good price right now. If it's something you're after, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold you back from going after it. Uh, Eric says a 10 Bork Opeachy is impossible to get it. At a 1.3 uh, gem rate, it basically is. Mike says 8081 Opeachy is one of my favorite sets. Uh, Tom says Michelle Goulet as well in 8081. Yes, I, I actually should not have forgotten Michelle Goulet. Him and Denny Savard were two of my favorite players in the 80s. They were both just a joy to watch play. So thank you, Tom, for calling that out. Mike Mike says that the Tops version is another set you can scratch with a penny. Yes, it is, yeah. Mike. Yes, it is. For sure. Basement Breaks. Reminds us that Mike Gardner, whose rookie card is also in the set, had 700 goals as well. And uh, Alex Ovechkin this season finally beat Gardner's record for most consecutive 30-goal seasons. I think it was 13 before. Now, I'm, I guess uh, Ovi has 14. If, if those numbers are right, I think they are. Uh, that's great. Hockey Cards Up says, great player, great card. And Mitch says, if you guys have time, we'd love to see a little deep dive into some of these 33 Opeachy cards that are up. Um, we will... We will see, Mitch. Thank you for the uh, request. We'll we'll try to get to them for sure. So look at that the 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 Mark Messier rookie from the same set, nine thousand dollars. It's up to the Bork is at what was that at sixty five? I mean, to me, these cards are kind of like they're kind of equal, except that the Messier doesn't have a tops version. And is that does that explain the difference in value, or is it that Raymond Bork was a defenseman, even though he was a very offensive defenseman? Few things there. In any event. This is another great card. I think I've seen this card's value kind of travel along the same axes as the Bork card. And uh, another card that, you know, if you are a serious hockey collector, you need this card, you need this card, you need this card, you need this card, you need this card. Like all these ones that I'm pointing out tonight that we are and that we are looking at are all like necessary cards for your collection. Not this one, but you know all the all the Hall of Fame rookies that we're looking at are essentials to me. They're essentials, at least for my collection. So uh, let's see. Eric here says sent you a photo on Instagram to look at later. Okay, well, thank you, Eric. I will look at that later. Uh, uh, Josh, anything on the Messier before we go on to the second year Gretzky? Yeah, a little bit higher pop count than Bork, so at 45, but a lower gem rate, 1.29%. So very, very tough, again, to get and to find a card of this quality in uh, 1980 OPG. And then the other thing that we have is the, uh, what other legendary player has, or not too many have, their rookie cards are errors, right? Where it's the error on the back that it says he's a right-handed shot. Yeah, and that to me is kind of like, it's almost like I wish PSA just didn't put that on there because the error yeah. was never corrected. It's the only version of the card. And I think they put that on there back at the beginning of their days and they just never changed. But to me, it's actually a bit of a 
bit of an eyesore that that's even on there. Like, who cares that it's an error? Yeah. Like, there are other error cards that they don't put that out there. That, that that they don't put that on the label, but this one they do. Um, I don't, I don't, I just disagree with that approach by PSA. I think I don't think it really makes much sense to put that on there, considering they're not consistent with that with other cards. But all that said, um, it, it there is a bit of an error on it, and that's uh, maybe you know maybe that is kind of a, a neat a neat aspect of the card. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go on and take a look at the second year Gretzky in a PSA nine. So these were PSA eights, or sorry, PSA tens, gem mints. But we're going to look at the the second year Gretzky in a mint nine holder. And a lot of people, myself included, think that this is almost a nicer looking card than his rookie card, just because it's it's a true action pose. You know, he's looks like he's he's skating up the ice, awaiting a pass, probably coming from, well, it might not be Paul Coffey. He wasn't in the league back then, but coming from someone on defense. And there's that that guy in the background with the captain C. I think that's Ryan Walter. From the from the Washington Capitals making a cameo, not a cameo that adds any value to the card, but nonetheless, at least we can identify the player. I think that's who it is, which is kind of cool. But I love the card again, and I did a I did a, a reel on Instagram today about second year cards. To me, you know, this is an important card. It's a, yeah, Mike Mike Double V even right here says uh, definitely my my favorite Gretzky card. You know, out of the Gretzky run, I don't think you're alone on that, Mike. And uh, I love the card. This one looks to be really nice as far as the condition goes. Let's take a quick peek at it. And Josh, I'll ask you for comments in a moment. Centering wise, it's off center left to right. It has some it has some counterclockwise tilt. So this this border up here is narrower than this border down here. And the opposite, this is narrower than this one up here. Top to bottom centering looks fine, but the image pops. You know, the the edges look good. Bit of a rough cut down here, which I'm a-okay with. Hey, it's a nine. It's not a 10. I think it's accurately graded. And um, yeah, a great, a great copy. If you don't like tilt, though, hold off. Don't buy this one. Wait for one that is more, has a more square cut. I would just kind of leave you uh, with, with that thought there. Josh, anything on the second year Gretzky? Awesome card. Again, one of my favorite sets too. And if you're doing a player run, it's a must-have. Uh, very, again, iconic card. Uh, just love it and have a raw version that is nowhere near as nice as this. <laughs> okay, I hear you. And and that's maybe why it's raw. I want to come back here because we have this comment from Tom Harrison. says, don't forget Messier won more cups with Gretzky and also went on, went to New York. And I think that's why he is ahead of Bork in value. So, yeah, Mark Messier has six Six or five, five Stanley Cups, four with, no, six, five with Edmonton. So he won four with Gretzky. Then he won that fifth one in Edmonton after Gretzky was traded. I think this is right. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure he won five cups with the Oilers. And then he won the 94 cup with the Rangers. And that's a great reason, you know, why Tom says maybe that's why his value is ahead of Bork because he has, you know, six cups to Bork's one, which is a huge difference in amount of cups. But Raymond Bork was beloved. Oh, and also Mark Messier dated Madonna. I mean, there's got to be value <laughs> for that, right? I mean, he transcended the sport there for a little while. So that's, uh, that's I always thought that was, was pretty cool. 
Uh, Daniel says PSA didn't always put error card on the Messier. The older slabs don't say that. I used to have one. Okay, well, thanks for clarifying that. So the fact that they put it on there now is just, you know, another inconsistency that I just dislike. But, you know, if you want your card in a PSA holder, uh, you're going to take it with that with that uh, little caption, which, again, I do think is an eyesore because not the rest of your cards won't have that. But it is what it is. Um, not, not again, by the card, not the slab. So don't worry too much about that. Tom, yes, we are right about the Stanley Cups that Messier did win. 694 goals for Messier was known as the Moose. Basement Breaks let, lets us know he was only six goals away from 700, which is a huge, huge milestone. So too bad that he didn't uh, didn't get there. And Larry's classic, when it comes to Ray Borg, says unless your name is Orr or Makar, the hobby doesn't value D-men. Well, Larry, I mean, listen, I'm going to push back a little bit on that because I think the hobby does value Raymond Bork. I mean, here's his rookie card about to go for about $8,000. I think we do value him. And the other pushback there is that Makar, Makar, that might be temporary. I mean, Makar's values have come down substantially since last year. So I wonder just how long this will be. You know, and I, Larry, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, but I'm saying I think it might be or, you know, and then you're you're going to have or and then you're going to have a group of other defensemen. And I think that, you know, Raymond Bork, uh, Makar, Lidstrom, Paul Coffey, like even Larry Robinson, perhaps well, maybe not up there as much. But these are the guys who, you know, Brad Park, Doug Harvey are going to be in that next tier. But or stands alone. And I don't I don't know for right now. It doesn't seem like Makar is going to last in that echelon, but we'll see. We'll see what he does next year. I think uh, he's he's had some issues this year. Pino Chapetta says, six cups for Messier, Mr. Captain. Yes, can't go wrong with that. Uh, Jake Dahl says, Doug Harvey. Yes, sir. Daniel says, I think Paul Coffey should be worth more. Can't disagree with that. And then Jacob Dahl calls out Serge Savard and Gila Point, who I would put even a lower tier down, uh, than the guys I just mentioned, but worthy callouts nonetheless. Looks like Josh had to take a break. Josh, are you still there? Or just uh guess Josh had to step away. We'll wait for him to come back. So let's just wait for him. I'm just kidding. We're not going to just wait for him. We'll keep on going. We'll keep on going. Uh, Tom Harrison here says Messier scored only one goal as a 17 year old in the WHA in 52 games. Yeah. As a 17 year old though, but, but let's get, Let's not let's not cut him any slack. How many goals did Wayne Gretzky have in the WHA at the age of 17? Probably more than one. All right. Oh, the Messier keeps on getting bids. Is Bork getting any more bids? He's at 67.50. How about the second year? Wayne Gretzky gets a bid. It's oh, sold. So now we're seeing some of these cards beginning to end. Next up that, that I pulled out. Oh, this one is sold as well. Not sold yet. The Paul Coffey. So the card that Daniel just said he thought should be worth more, 1981 Opeachy, Paul Coffey in a PSA 10. I wish Josh was here to tell us the gem rate on this card because I'm almost positive it's going to be in that like 2% or under rate. Very, 1981 might have been the worst year for like out of the pack quality for Opeachy. Tops, mind you, that year were like gem mint out of the pack, except for maybe centering. But Opeachy was really, really tough. Same with 1980, of course. But 81 might have been even worse. The backs were often. You had edge issues across along the backs on almost all the cards. 
But, this, you know, Paul Coffey, Hall of Famer, won four, maybe five Stanley Cups in Edmonton, four certainly with Gretzky and Messier and Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhr, that whole core. Josh, welcome back. We're on, to Paul, we're on to Paul Coffey now, and I'm just wondering if you could check out the gem rate on this, because I was saying I kind of wish you were still here, because I'm guessing the gem rate on the Paul Coffey PSA 10 is under 2%, because it's such a tough, tough card. Tom tells us there's 46 of them. So what is that? That's lower than Brett Hall, but I think higher than what you said for Mark Messier. But then it comes down to total submission. So it might still be really low. I'm showing 24 in card ladder. Yeah, it might be might different be. on the PSA website. Uh, and I don't know what Tom's 46 is about. It could be about something different anyway. So, And 1.14%. Ah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Josh. Tom was talking about how many goals okay. Gretzky scored as a 17-year-old, whereas Mark Messier had one. Gretzky had 46. I'm sorry, Josh. Yes, please. The 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 gem rate. 1.14% and a pop of 24. 24 guys. Only 24 of these. PWCC, I would really like to see them put that here. Because 24 is super low. Uh, you know. 81 Opeachy is also loaded with rookie cards, Hall of Fame rookie cards. And the Paul Coffey is probably the number one most important of that whole handful. And he's a defenseman. I mean, you got Peter Stasny in there. You've got Denny Savard. Uh, you've got Yari Curry in there as well. Andy Moog. The, it's, it's a long list. There's several in there. But then Daniel says, you know, be, let's be honest. The Paul Coffey is not a nice looking card. I don't know, Dan. I mean, I don't mind the look of it. It's It doesn't offend me, but I will say, yeah, the 81 design is not my favorite design of, of the 80s Opeachy set. So, you know, but you do go on to say it's a great set, which, yeah, it, it definitely is. Definitely is a great set overall filled with Hall of Famers, both rookies and, uh, you know, non-rookies. Josh, have you guys done a deep dive into Paul Coffey on the Gong Show? You no, know, not yet. Uh, but I, what I can add, though, is right now it's about half of its all-time high. So again, like a, I think we were talking about with the Ray Borg, another probably safe, what I would call it, buying opportunity, knowing that you're not overpaying historically for the card. When you look at last sold, it was 4767 this past June. So with buyer's premium right now, it's probably right at that target. And it just comes back to, Jeremy, there's 24 of these. So if Paul Coffey is a guy you collect or one of your favorite players or you want all the Hall of Famers from the Oilers Cup runs and you want the best of the best copies, uh, there's 24 and one's for sale right now. Yeah, not a lot to choose from. So this might, you know, how often are they going to come up for sale if there's only 24 of them? Not that often. I just noticed, guys, let's have a look back here. The the uh, 1955 Jacques Plante is at $10,000 for the PSA 7.5. I just love seeing the respect that this card is getting tonight. And by respect, I mean $10,000 worth of respect. Again, I love this card. Like, look at that image, guys. Look at the thumbnail. If anyone watching right now is in on this action, I want you to know, like, this is kind of cool. At least it would be for me, but I'm a total geek when it comes to this stuff. You can now, like, tie this card to the thumbnail from this particular episode. If you want, email me and I'll send you 
a copy of the thumbnail in PDF just so you can have it. I mean, because if you go to YouTube or whatever, it's going to have like a bit of a caption on it. I'll give you a clean copy of this. I'll send it to you digitally. You can have a copy to go with this card. That's how much I love this card. I hope the buyer is watching because I would love to uh, to send you that image. So just message me on Instagram or leave a message on this video. And uh, if you're the buyer of this card, I will definitely send you the thumbnail. If you want it, if you want it. I know it's it's kind of just a copy of a thumbnail, but yeah, we're spending a lot of time talking about it tonight. And that's going to add to the provenance of this card, I believe. Well, I do, Jeremy, have one comment on the value right now. This will, of course, be continue to be a record for the PSA 7.5. But when you think about where it's at right now and the next jump up to the PSA 8, that's a $24,000, $25,000 card. So if you want a nicer copy of this card, you're making a big step up financially. And I think that's part of the reason why people are going uh, or really competing for the card, this this particular one. Look, and and I we just saw two bids come in while you were talking there for 15 seconds, which tells maybe, maybe the buyer is watching right now. Maybe the maybe someone is there and said, hey. I'll spend an extra thousand bucks and pick up that uh, pick up that thumbnail. I'm just kidding. It's definitely not worth a thousand dollars for the <laughs> thumbnail. But if you are watching, please reach out. And yeah, Josh makes a great point to go from a seven and a half to an eight. You're more than doubling the price. And let's face it, there's you now there's a difference. But as the as you get higher up in grade, it's kind of like that law of diminishing returns. The higher yeah. up you go, the lower the incremental uh, benefit or 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 increase in condition that you're going to get. So yeah, this is just a, it's just a beauty altogether beauty overall. Okay. Well, let's see what, what happens with it. It's uh there needs one more. Oh, so we're now in five minute windows. So if there's no more bids placed on this in the next four and a half minutes, this card will end at $11,000. Let's go to the Paul coffee for a moment. Adam gray jumped into the chat right here. It says, what up boys? Good info on the Paul coffee, all time high. Josh on the Paul Coffee, so that's pretty cool to hear. Basement Break says, uh, wicked curve on the coffee blade, and I mean wicked. The So I guess he's talking about the actual stick blade, which we we can't see in this card, but uh, Basement Breaks has seen his stick, I guess. And Daniel says, I wish PWCC kept the saved cards on your save list even after they sell. What did the Esposito go for? Well, Daniel, you can just go to the search function and click on status and pick completed and you will see it. Okay, let's go on to the next card. Josh, they are, they're starting to fall as they're selling. So this card, this is a really interesting card. And this is a very rare case for Opichi where the player being one of the greatest of all time, a Mount Rushmore player, has two cards in the base set in his rookie year, Mario Lemieux. This is not his rookie card, but this is a rookie year card, and it's a PSA 10. I mean, this is a this is a good card. Like Now, I don't own a copy of it. I don't think I do. No, I don't own a copy of this card. I believe I used to have it in a, in a mint holder. Josh, are you looking at the are you looking up the population? No, I can. I was looking up the values of it really quick because this is a card that I'm not familiar with. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Well, what I have to say is that like it's a rare instance and it might be the only instance 
where a key rookie has two cards in the set. So some people, I've heard some people call this a rookie card. Now I don't consider it a rookie card. It's 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 an it's part of a subset basically. Now it might be a one card subset being rookie scoring leaders, but it's not. It's like a highlight card or an in action card, which we saw a lot more of those in 1980 and 81 uh, and 82 for that matter, even 83. And 84, you know, I think that that was the the most most of those cards happened from 80 to 84, where you had award winners and and like all stars and that kind of thing. But this card, I mean, Mario has two cards in the base set. I can't think of another player from 1979 to 1989 that has two cards in the, in the base set. Uh, Larry, are you calling out? Does Mike Bossy have two cards? In 1978, if he does, I wasn't aware. But is that is that a is he on it alone, or is he sharing it with a person whose record he surpassed? I'm not sure. Let me know, Larry. I'm really curious about that. But from at least the Gretzky year, 79 forward, I can't think of another rookie that has two cards in the set. Did Steve Eiserman in '84? Does he have a second card in the in the '84 set? He might. He might. In any event, it's rare. And it's a rookie year card, but not a rookie card. So I'm actually thinking, like, do I want to make a play at this card? I'm probably not because I have the rookie card. I don't need two of them. I don't need a second card from the set, but some people will. And I think it's it's just a pretty cool card to have uh to to add to your um to add to your collection. Hockey Barn call, calls out Ray Bork. Uh Mike calls out. Uh, Tom Barrasso in 84, Calder Trophy and All-Star maybe. Yeah, Eric also calls out the Raymond Bork. Larry verifies Mike Bossy does have one. Josh, welcome, says maybe Pat LaFontaine, who is also in 84. Adam Gray says the Lemieux. Ah, this is a great, yeah, great analogy, Adam. The Lemieux is like the 61 Fleer in actions in basketball. Nobody calls them rookies either. Are they important? Yes. Rookie year? Yes. Rookie card? No. Beckett answered that long ago. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it is a rookie card, but it is important. Scott Neighbor calls out one of my favorite cards. I do own a copy of this, which is the uh, 85 box bottom. He has a tops and an Opeachy version. And um, I'm a very fortunate owner of one of the top Opeachy copies. Just love it. Thanks for calling it out, Scott. I do. I, I consider that to be a rookie card, believe it or not, even though I don't consider this to be a rookie card. Maybe because it's the same pose. It just has a different colored border, Josh, but I yeah. love it. Uh, so that's a pop 24 out of, and a 2.2% gem rate. Pop 24, that's it. 24. Yeah. What's it? Do you, do you have the total submissions in there to get the gem rate? 1,058. 1,058 submissions. 24 yes. tens. So that's 2.2%. Wow. The, the wow. value right now is this would be the lowest that it's sold for in a very long time. Oh, so I'm still, right now it's a goodbye. The lowest ever. All right. I'm making, I'm putting it. I'm not saying lowest ever, but in a long well, time. Well, I'm putting it a bid no matter what. Accept it. All right. I'm in on this card. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just like, uh, I think it's an important card. Adam Adam said it well. You know, it, it's it's important, but it's a rookie year, but not rookie card. So, well, we'll see. I'm not going to – well, we'll see if I make well, it. Well, let me dead. tell you. So, last sale was 2,358 in April of last year. So, we're pretty well below that. And then 
all-time high is 4,161 from pandemic February 2021. 4,161. So sorry, what was the other one you said before four? The last sale was 2,358 in April of 2022. Last April. Yeah. And look, it keeps on getting bid. So I guess I'm I'm out of the running now. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to let it be. I'm going to let it be, but well, let me give you one more data point, right? So uh-oh, last sale, 2358, the prior sale to that was 3939 and the prior sale to that was 4161. So at 1475, it's pretty low to compare to where it's historically sold. So it's still a real, it, it's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, that, that's crazy. Just how, how, low it's come and then the question becomes you know if you are a buyer on this card you know do you want to try and time the market or just buy it tonight because it looks like you're going to be able to get it for a pretty good value compared to the last few times it's sold there's only 20 i'm going again there's only 24 of these like i gotta you gotta keep that in mind there's only 24 of these in existence so right now oh i'm already outbid i just bid did i already get outbid (laughs) Let's see. I thought I just bid 15. Oh, I'm outbid. Yeah. 15.25. Who's going against me out there? Who's going against me on this one? I'm going to go one more time. I'm going to, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to go to 16 and we'll see what happens. Yeah. What's that? 19.20 with buyer's premium. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. Oh, I'm already outbid. (laughs) Okay. Well, and it could keep on going, right? I mean, this card should be yeah. $2,500, $3,000 at this point, based on what you just told me. And um, it's a cool card. I mean, it's just it's just a cool card. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at 1986. This will be the Patrick Waugh rookie, PSA 10. It's at $5,250. I mean, it's a healthy price. This card, you used to be able to buy this card for like $800. bucks. i am talking 2017, 2018. This is a, you know... I don't know that I've ever seen a, a PSA 10 copy of this card that wasn't worthy of that grade. The gem rate, I think, will be a lot higher than the cards we've just been looking at. Josh, do you happen to have the population of this in PSA 10? Yeah, it's not all that much bigger, Jeremy. So there's 90 gems. So the pop count is a little bit higher. The gem rate, though, is 2.19%. So out of 4,103 that have been submitted. Right. So yeah, the gem rate isn't much different, but the, the absolute population is like four X that last Lemieux card, which is only uh, from the year before. So yeah, it's 90 of them. That's a, that's a lot bigger than 24 or or 35 or something like that. It's close. And what was the Brett Hall 63, which is from a few years, few years later even. So yeah, that kind of, kind of does make me think that, you know, my gut was right in that in the in 86, the quality, the production quality was pretty good, even compared to, to three years to two years later, the 88, excuse me, the 88 year with the Brett Hall. But it's also a very, very important and popular card. Patrick Waugh might be the it's probably a top three rookie card from all of the 80s in hockey after maybe only Mario Lemieux. And who else would be a more important it's probably number two, actually. Yeah, it's probably number two behind Mario. And then, you you know, you got Steve Eiserman, you got Le- Bork and Messier. 
maybe Brett Hull. Uh, am I for who am yeah. I who am I potentially forgetting there in in terms of overall importance? But this is a very important card, and um, good luck to the winner. I mean, I love it. How about you? Oh, it's one of my favorite cards ever. From a value standpoint, it, it's the the last couple sales have been really low. So there was a sale in November at or in October for thirty seven hundred dollars. There's a sale in November for forty five hundred. So we're a little bit above recent comps. But even going back to last summer, this was an eight nine thousand dollar card. So the market, I don't know, hasn't really settled maybe on the price and uh, all time high is twelve thousand. So again, not a lot of copies, 90 copies. If you're a collector, I think you can be confident that you're getting uh, an okay price. Yeah. Right oh, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Thanks for the, thanks for the, uh, the color, uh, Josh. You're, great job, man. Great job. Uh, Mitch says, well, I just want to card in this auction because I made the fatal mistake of looking at Opeachy comps bidding on a tops card. Uh, you know what? That's one of those things where it's almost like get it out of the way, make it happen so that you ensure it never happens again. Mitch, what card was it? Curious to know. I hope you're happy with the card, but uh, yeah, curious to know what it was. Uh, Wayne says that league leader cards started in the sixties. They used to put three players on the front. Adam Gray says to Mitch, it happens to the best of us. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and Basin Breaks is encouraging me to buy the Lemieux. Hello to name indigenous rookie cards. Good to see you as always name. Daniel says that Messier is the number two rookie card of the eighties. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could see an argument for Patrick Waugh still though. Tito says Patrick Waugh commands money. Jake Dahl throws out Steve Eiserman. You'll never get an argument out of me. I'm a huge Steve Eiserman fan. Uh, Larry says, Patrick Waugh can't hear your criticism of his cards with the cup ring stuffed in his ears. If anyone doesn't know what that's from, well, you're just missing out. You're just missing out. Uh, Google that or YouTube that. It's it's one of the most classic moments in um, in press conference history as far as hockey goes. Tom says, that is a good top five. He named Jeremy in 80s rookie cards. I think he nailed them all. Thank you, Tom. Mitch says it was the Ken Dryden tops PSA nine off center. I'm happy with it. Been secretly picking up vintage rookies. Be happy with it. That's great. Oh, David Chow got the Bernie Perrant, the Phil Esposito and the Mike bossy. And I don't need to tell David, you know, that he did it. He bought good cards. He knows his stuff, but David, I mean, congratulations, man. Those are all wonderful pickups, wonderful pickups. Uh, Alex picked up two auctions tonight. One hockey. Congratulations. Nice. Please let us know. What you picked up. T-Dot says in the 90s, Patrick Law told the Avs to score one goal. They'd win the game. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jay says, Patrick Waugh is a beast. Mike Vernon owns him. Notice how I don't think uh, Jay meant beast, but uh, I hear you, Jay. Nothing expensive at all. Hey, it doesn't matter. What'd you buy? You bought a card, Alex. You bought a card because you like it. We want to be happy with you. Let us know what it was if, if you're if you're willing to. If you're willing to. Tita calls out, oh, I love Ron Francis as well. Eiserman Bork and Katie Genian. Katie from Players' Choice Sports Cards in Kelowna, British Columbia at their new location says, love the Patrick Waugh PSA 10 rookies. We have two left. We got 10K and at the November Expo for one of them. So there you go. And this one's about to sell for, well, 52, about 64 US. So yeah, about eight grand Canadian or so. 
Joe Sackick, 19XS, says he picked up the Malkin Beehive Mat out of 100 and PSA 9. Well, that's a cool card. Alex, way to go. Way to, way to, way to go. All right, let's go to the next one. Josh, that I pulled out. Let's see if this is still alive. It has sold. This card was stolen tonight. This card was absolutely stolen tonight for $3,720. This might be the best card of the 90s for any rookie card. I consider it a rookie card, even though it's a parallel. This only only 50 of these cards made. Joe Thornton is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. And the his, his BGS 10 of his regular rookie card, which wasn't not wasn't, we don't know the print run of, I think it sold for more than this has sold for. And now that's a BGS 10, but this is this is a this was a steal of a price. I would have expected this to get closer to ten thousand dollars. So for the winner, congratulations. I truly think you stole this card tonight. Uh T Dot bought the Francis rookie for 15 bucks today. Beautiful card, fifth all time. What? Yeah, Ron Francis is a as an all-time great, one of my favorite players. And I do have a small PC of his as well. And then the other card that I picked out was the 53 Parkhurst Gump Worsley. Lorne was his name, but he was called Gump. You can see right here. This card is in a PSA 8 holder near Mint to Mint. Still going. You can still bid on this one. It's a $3,500. And it has the above average IAPIL designation or award by PWCC. Josh, I'm going to ask you, have you guys done a deep dive into the Gumper on the Hockey Cards Gong Show? No. I, I don't know who he is. Is that bad? That's not bad. He's a Hall of Fame goaltender. But, I mean, it's somebody that I would encourage you to look at. He had a great career. And um, this is one of the key cards between – you really have this and the and the Jean Beliveau from this year yeah. uh, as far as rookies go. I always forget, was Johnny Bauer from 53 or 54 his rookie? He's a – I would call Johnny Bauer more important than Gump Worsley. But Gump Worsley – I mean, and look at this card. I mean – Let's just open this up for a second. Like I love, I love these early goalie cards where you can see his whole face very clearly, very clearly. Like, isn't this what an image? These edges, the borders are like beautifully white. the The edges are sharp. The corners are sharp. Centering looks to be almost bang on left to right. A little bit high, but nothing offensive at all. The back is very nice from, you know, from this angle. I'm not drilling down into it, but this is an important card. And um, it's a, it's a, it's just a great card overall. Um, I'm going to go tell you any- it's, oh, sorry. I can tell you it smashed its previous high sale of, it doesn't come up for sale very often. Of course, the previous high was in 2016 for 1540 U.S., and the prior sale was 1363 in June of 2021. So if you are a Gump Worsley fan or collector or Hall of Fame goalie collector, whatever it might be, uh, again, this is there's been so many cards tonight that just rarely come up for sale. It's kind of crazy yeah. they're all in one auction. Yeah. Well, this this is this is really, really an, an amazing piece. It looks it looks beautiful for its age. Uh go to a couple comments here quickly. Um T-Dot says, I don't think they stole the, the Joe Thornton. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree on that, T-Dot. Mitch says, last PSA 10 of that Thornton went for almost two times that price. 
So there we go. He, he that was a steal. I mean, getting that card in any even a PSA nine or a BGS nine, there's only fifty of them made. You don't have a lot of options. And considering it's likely the most important rookie card of, the, of all the nineties in hockey, yeah, I think it's a steal. I think it's a steal. Even that, even two times that price, I would consider personally to be a steal. Uh, Daniel says Ranger players look so cool on vintage cards, maybe because of the red, white, and blue. I'm not going to disagree with that, Dan says look at the gump don't yeah i didn't forget bauer bauer may be the next season and then a couple of people say 1954 uh eric says gump was the last of the maskless goalies that's oh, cool. good to know yeah we know gump is 53 bauer uh and mike means to say not the same year but it's from 1954 t dot says i'd be all over that gretzky 8 opichi so uh the gretzky 8 opichi i didn't have that card um I didn't have that uh, pulled up, but let's go back to the main page here. 380, 186 cards at the beginning of the night. Let's refresh and see how many are still going. How many are still eligible for bids? We are down to only 15 cards. Well, here, this is good convenience for us for a second, Josh, because earlier uh, Mitch asked, Mitch Grotman asked us to look at some of the 33 OPGs. There's two left. $9,000 on the George Hainsworth. PSA 7 with only one graded higher. Now, in my opinion, this is not a rookie card. I believe his rookie card is from 1925. The Pollen set, I believe it is. But this is still maybe his first more mainstream card. 1933 Opichi. I do love the set. The I'm, I'm actually surprised how high this price is. I'm not saying it's overvalued. I'm just saying that I think this card is commanding $9,000 because of the slab not the card itself. We've seen several really nice 33 Opeaches that present as nice as this, but they're in a, in a five or a six holder. But we know that the PSA set registry is a real thing and it has a big impact on pricing. And I think that's probably the case for this. That said, great card. And um, congratulations to whoever's about to snag it because if you are doing the 33 Opeachy on the set registry, uh, you need this card. And this is a very impressive in a, in a PSA seven holder. Yeah. I was just looking through card ladder, Jeremy, and the highest graded one that they have in their database that goes back, what, something like 18 or so years is a PSA five. So that might have something to do with why people are being as competitive for this particular card as they are. Well, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that, not only that, but this is a PSA 7. There's only one 7, and there's only one higher. It's not like there's five 7s and one higher. There's only This is one of the top two copies of this card on the planet, and maybe the whole universe for that matter. So I think if you need this card, yeah, no wonder it's at 92.50 over 10,000 with buyer's premium right now because... The one that's graded higher is probably locked up for a very long time. So this one is now, I'm sure, going to be locked up for a very long time. And uh, it's nice to see. It's nice to see it getting such respect. And in 20 seconds here, let's actually open this up for a second and take a look and see what's going on with it right up close here. Because in 16 seconds, if there is no more, if there is not a bid placed in the next 10 seconds, this will sell for 92.50 plus the buyer's premium, which will put it at just over $11,000. And it looks like that might be the case. If we refresh it one more time, I think, oh, 
what happened? Sold eleven thousand one hundred dollars. Wow. So that's a that's a big amount for. Again, I don't consider. I don't think it's his rookie card. Um, but doesn't matter. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an important player, and this is an early card. So still a, a, a very good card for whoever ended up picking it up, and it has sold. Uh, this other 33 PG Jimmy Ward, just a common player I've never even heard of, so we won't spend any time on that. Look at the Joe Malone is still going. Gump. Oh, the Messier went for 13.8. That's nice to see. Nice to see mm -hmm. a big number like that there. What else is going on here? The Patrick Waugh did $6,600 that we were looking at. I also was looking at this Patrick Waugh, well, Patrick Waugh Young Guns, which isn't a true Young Gun, not a rookie card, but a, a Young Gun flashback type of thing, did 180 bucks. So we were at 15 cards left in the auction. Oh, it looks like Malone just got a bid, so he'll go on for a little bit longer. One of two cards left in the auction. The Joe Malone PSA 5.5 is now $2,500. I'm not surprised, guys. I don't even care like how many nicer, how, how many are graded higher. I would put this five and a half beside all the sixes and sevens in the population. And I would be willing to wager that this is nicer than those cards. Just of how nice it is just, to, just by looking at it here. I can pretty much tell, uh, I think. Take a second, Josh. Go to a couple comments here. Uh, Larry says, love my 73 Gump Worsley North Stars card. He was 44 and looked like he was 65. I know the card. I know that he looks like one of like a like Larry Curley or Mo. He looks like one of the three stooges in that card. Joshua Sherber, welcome, says Gump ended his career here in Minnesota with the North Stars. Very cool. Daniel lets us know that the plant sold for fifteen thousand dollars. So that's this guy right wow. here. So fifteen thousand would include the buyer's premium, which is a nice, very nice round number. So what's that? Twelve k? No, it's about twelve twelve five twelve five. Plus, yeah, 12.5 plus buyer's premium. So $15,000 on the Jock Plant. Nice to see. That's very uh, respectable, I would I would say. T-Dot says, Jeremy, bid on the Rocket card. Now, that's a steal. I'm not sure which one you're, you're talking. Is that the one with him and Elmer Locke? Is that the one that you were talking about, T-Dot? And Toilet wants to know, what's this Carry Price card? Yeah, that's, that's from uh, Black Diamond. Let's open it up for you. Yeah, I know a little bit about these. So oh, good. it's from the most recent issue of black diamond and it's a new insert that they call band of colors and i think for they did it for vets they're all out of 21 and they're a fairly chased card and really nice looking they've got all the different sort of colors of stone i'm not sure what the stone is in them but it is a new insert as of this year it is very colorful very pretty um, when you, what's interesting about these NBA cards, and I received two, uh, back a couple weeks ago, um, is that these cards, PWCC actually places them in tall boy top loaders. So this is, this is a top loader with a plastic label just kind of slapped onto the top loader. So when you, if you, if you pull these cards out of the vault and bring them in hand, you're probably going to want to take it out of this thing. Which, I, which is what I did, and put it into a normal top loader because these are very awkward to have in your personal collect. Like they won't fit in your standard two-row box in these holders, just as an FYI. You might want to keep an image with this MBA certification, 
But at the end of the day, the certified authentic, which it says here, but at the end of the day, I mean, no one's counterfeiting this card, I don't think. So I don't think the NBA certification is, is really integral to a card like this. Nonetheless, just letting you know that's how you receive this card. It is pretty, though. It's nice and colorful. As, as Josh just said, you've got six gemstones here. I'm guessing they're lab-grown, but you've got one of all one of each uh, of the six maybe major stones. Uh, I don't see a diamond, so except for a diamond, perhaps. I'm totally speculating on that. I don't really know what those are. Yeah, I don't think that they're probably manufactured. And like I said, veterans were out of 21, and I believe rookies are out of 22. And that card is now sold for $288. So the Joe Malone is the lone survivor of the night. Joe Malone, congratulations. You are the winner of Survivor. You will be awarded a big oversized cardboard check in the amount of $1 million. Congratulations, Joe Malone. $3,500 now. That's $4,200 with buyer's premium for the PSA 5.5. That Let's look at it now, Josh. Now that the auction is pretty much over, let's take a look at this card and see if we can spot why it is only in a PSA 5.5 holder. And we'll look at both the front and the back. And look, I'm just going to hit control zoom here for a second and uh, see if we can get a closer look. Okay, so listen, I mean, it's got some corner touches. That is going to impact the grade. Of course it will. Though That top border, though, and the left and right border, to me, are perfect. Bottom edge looks really great great as well. Maybe a little, little bit of a fleckle right there fleckle google fleckle no i just made that up don't google it and then of course tiny tiny touches on the on the bottom corners but like i like that i want that i don't know seems the five and a half so far seems harsh to me of course we can't hold it in the light and look for any indents on the surface so we don't know if there's any of that but from this angle there might be something weird something in the something going on let's see something going on right here I'm not sure if that doesn't seem to be in the design but it might be uh just a wonderful example i'm not sure maybe there's a scratch right there on the surface i like how they put the players uh, i think that is that the no the card number right there on the front in the little yep. corner you almost have to search for it yeah that's the card number let's look at the back Back of the card. Zoom in. So again, corner touches right there. Minor touch there. I don't see anything else wrong with it. Like this, this, I don't think this is a scratch. I think that's just the way the card was printed right there. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm kind of going quickly here. Like, what's wrong with this thing? How is this not a seven all day? How is this not a seven? Like, there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna default and say that you know, I'm gonna trust PSA's grading of this card. I'll just put that out there. Uh, that there's got to be something we can't see. Oh, the centering of the back. Let's just look at the center. But even that, I mean, I, we've seen nine centering better than this, right? So, well, to your I point, know, Jeremy. Man. The, this card, and I just verified in PSA as well, is the 4320 is the all-time high for any grade of this card. So a PSA 7, 
sold in January of 2021 for $42.39. Yeah, well, that tells me that the hobby is getting it right because don't worry so much about the grade on the slab. Look at the card you are buying. This card here, like I said earlier on the show, before I knew that stat, any of that, Josh, I said, this card I would bet looks nicer than any six or seven that's ever been slabbed by PSA. And it's only a five and a half. So there must be something there that we can't see, but it's, if you can't see it even zoomed in, like who cares? Buy the card, worry about how it looks to you at a normal looking at distance. I don't know. I think it's a beautiful copy and I'm not surprised that it broke the, the all-time record for any grade of this card, at least that we are aware of. And congratulations to the new owner. I think you got yourself a heck of a card right there. The second most important card from the 1911 C55 set, uh, following only the George Vezina rookie from that same year and um, also another key card. But when I when I went out to to, to, to purchase... When I started collecting my C55 series, all my C cards, C56, 55, and 57, the very first card I ever bought was my Joe Malone. That was back in probably 2006, and I still own that exact copy to this day and will continue to own it for at least as long as I've already had it, maybe even longer. Wow, anything else we should look at? It looks like the auction has ended. Why don't I do this, Josh? I'm going to go to the main page. And I'm going to, uh, here, I'll let you guys actually follow along because this is, can can sometimes be interesting, but we're going to go through, show you how I sort this. I'm going to go through this sort icon right here and we're going to go to status and we're going to go to closed. So that'll bring up all the ones that have closed. We're only looking at tonight's auction, which is number 58. And we are still in the hockey category and we're going to sort by highest price, highest price first. And let's hit apply. And that'll give us the filter that we want tonight. Good night, Daniel. If you're still there, thank you for joining. Good to see you as always. And here we have what we'll do the first page, Josh, the the top 24 cards from the auction. Number one is this beautiful Jacques Plante from 1955 Parkers at $15,000, followed by the Messier rookie, 13,800. And third place is the George Hainsworth, not a rookie, but a very high grade pop one, only one higher, $11,100. Somebody just took a few steps up on the PSA uh, set registry. And then in fourth place is another card from ADO Peachy. The Raymond Bork does $8,700. In the fifth spot, Patrick Waugh, rookie, 6,600. Number six, Bernie Parent, 5,640. Spot seven is the Paul Coffey, PSA 10 at 5,400. And in the eighth spot, another card that the Gong Show looked at on their Thursday episode is the Austin Matthews Young Guns exclusive at $5,280. I think I think that's a great deal on that card. I, I think that's too. good value. Good value, right? Can I make a comment to you that really is, is just standing out to me? If you scroll back up, when was the last auction that you saw where you're looking at the top seven sales and it wasn't a Connor McDavid or Al... Alexander Ovechkin, Young Guns. I mean, what a night for vintage hockey, huh? Yeah, oh, that's a great, great call out. Like, I'm glad you, I'm glad you have that observation. I didn't, I didn't think of it, but now that you say it, it's, it's a one, it's just wonderful to see. I, I, I agree completely. Uh, continuing on in the nine spot is that Joe Malone. The ten spot is the Gump Worsley. 
In 11 is the Brett Hall rookie card. The PSA 10 does $4,000, a nice amount for that card. I think the last one Very did nice. 3000 So nice to see uh, that trending upwards. Uh, in, the, in the 12 spot is the Dave Keon PSA 9. That's a key Hall of Fame rookie card. In the 13 spot, what I think is a steal of a card in any grade is this Joe Thornton rookie card out of 50. Again, I say rookie card loosely, but I believe it to be. In the 14 spot is the Phil Esposito, another great card. In 15, we have a Tiny Thompson PSA 6 Opeachy card. Um, rookie card, population one of six, five graded higher, does $3,500. And in the six, uh, what would this be? 16 spot is that Lemieux card. Oh, look at that. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't even in the running. I mean, I, no. I was just I was just pretending with my bids, right? Was that an extended bidding at like $1400 or were, were were we pre that? My high bid was I think I bid as high as 1500. Yes, we were in extended. We were that was not too yeah, long but ago. it was at like 1400 in extended bidding and Oh yeah. This card took up. off. This card took off. After, I mean, I, I don't know where it was before, but I mean, I'm surprised it basically doubled, it almost doubled since I was making my bids on it. So crazy. Great, great, great result there, I would think. Uh, in spot 17 is this, we didn't get to look at this, but this Gretzky sign of the Times 1999 autograph card does $3,360. It's a gold version numbered out of 25. Very respectable price for a Gretzky autograph. I mean, you can buy, you can buy all sorts of Gretzky autographs numbered out of 25 for $700. So there must be something special about this one right here. Maybe it's his first sign of the times. I'm not sure. I don't think it is, though. But it's early. No. It's playing days. That might be a big deal, that it's playing days. 99 is last year, I believe. Uh, Connor McDavid, young gun rookie, does 3360. Patrice Bergeron, young. Hey, look at that. A Patrice Bergeron. It's kind of close to McDavid, but not quite there. But, what, but I'll tell you what. The population of this is probably about a, a fifth or a 10th or even a 20th of this one right here. So nice result for the Bergeron rookie. He's a hall of famer guaranteed. Yep. And he, Hey, he's been playing his whole career with the Boston Bruins. His rookie year is 0304, 20 years in the league, 21, not 20 uh, minus a lockout year. Great player. Love Patrice Bergeron. And then we have a McDavid exquisite rookie year auto here for $2,640 in the 20th spot. And the last hey, can I make cards? a comment about that one, Jeremy, real quick? Please, please, uh, it, would you mind scrolling back up to because I want to show the uh, the McDavid the exquisite auto. So Later. here again is where it just perplexes me about the hobby. Oh yeah, uh, McDavid Young Guns is great. There's 2,500 PSA 10s, and somebody paid $700 more for a card with a pop of 2,500 than an exquisite. Auto, out of one forty nine. Remember last time, last week, Josh, we did the show. There were twice where I actually had to stick my hand through the camera and slap the hobby. Yeah, this is another case where the hobby just isn't doing this right. In my, in my, to me, listen, I'm, I, I'm not going to tell people what to collect or how to buy. I'm going to make suggestions here or there, recommendations. I might even you know, like, give my blessing on certain things. I do not give my blessing on on this result here. This to me is is ASS backwards. It just is. How do you, I, I think, I I don't know. I just feel that well, that I, is backwards. What it means is that the, you know, the guy that bought the Exquisite who, and I'm a big fan of Exquisite. And if you look, it's 
is there a brand of card that has sold for more? You look at the top 50 exquisite sales, it's something like 30, 40 million dollars, right? So you get a premier brand in all of sports cards. You've got a rookie limited to 149 and it's autographed. And it's just, it's more so than I get the commodity trading of the, the McDavid young guns. And listen, he's just killing it right now. So it's, it's hard to go wrong anywhere you go, but I think of it more as a really smart collector jumped on that 2015 exquisite. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Let's keep on going. Cause I, I can sit there and shake my head at that for another hour. Uh, final four spots. We got the Trottier rookie card, a beautiful piece. We've got the another McDavid uh, young gun, but a BGS 9.5 in the 22 spot. In 23, we've got the bossy rookie. And in the 24th spot, the second year Wayne Gretzky. I think overall a fine top 24 here. Nothing that, that you know, offends me. I, I do. I would have liked to see this one finish higher relative to the uh, to, to this one. But otherwise... Really, you know, this offends me, offends me. It doesn't really offend me, guys, but I'm just really surprised that a card like this that really almost never comes up for sale, only 50 copies made. And Joe Thornton, you know, he's a, he's like an Iron Man. He's an all-timer, uh, just sells for for that little. I, I, I'm, I'm just surprised. What I'm really impressed with, though, is the Hainsworth. Really happy with the price on this card. I think Messier did very well for itself tonight. Uh, Perrant did well for itself tonight. I know that uh, David Chow picked up a few cards tonight that we that are on this page. So congratulations again to you, David, if you're still watching us all the way from Hong Kong. Yeah, some good stuff. Uh, Josh, let's go to some comments here before we wind down and I'll just uh, unshare for a moment. And uh, we're going to go back up to Someone was talking about the colors of the diamonds on that Patrick Waugh card. And uh, where, oh, right here, Basin Break says lab grown colored diamonds. Thank you very much for clarifying that. Uh, toilet says seems, seems very sought after for modern vet. Pretty cool. Uh, sorry, I don't remember what that would be about. Uh, Justin Bode got the 95 Brett Hull Auto. Congratulations, Justin. Very nice to hear. Very nice. T dot loves the Esposito hockey card says, can you say what the Lemieux, what the Mario went for? It's too small on my screen. Yeah. 3,300 bucks after I topped out at 1800. So I wasn't even in the running at mm -hmm. all. Uh, Mitch lets us know regarding that Gretzky auto, that sign of the times, not his first sign of the times, but the gold nineties are ones that some of the rarest, some of the rarest nineties auto cards out there. Well, that explains it. Mitch, that it's, you know, one of the rarest out there. It is out of 25, though, so that kind of is consistent uh, for sure. Uh, name from Indigenous Rookie Cards loves the Troche. Troche was an Indigenous hockey player. And CC says, Jeremy, agree with you. The Thornton was a steal. I'm surprised you were not in the bidding mix. Well, CC, I have, I have a PSA 9 copy of the regular Thornton Rookie. I'm okay with that for my collection. So I'm just okay with it. There's people out there who are more serious about that kind of card. And yeah, as I said, I'm just surprised that it didn't go for, for much more, but I'm, I'm content with the card with the, uh, with my copy of my Thornton rookie as it is. Can I ask you a question about that one? We were looking at some of the other nineties rookies earlier today. And do you think it's the team Canada or not, not that it's the Canada Jersey, but the not in an NHL Jersey, 
that as a turnoff to maybe a certain amount of collectors. And I know like a lot of nineties rookies have us like uh, Nicholas Lidstrom is another good example. That's in oh. team Canada. Lidstrom and Forsberg and Solani. And I mean, there's so many of them. Pavel Bure is another big one. Um, another big one is uh, Eric Lindros. <laughs> Eric Lindros is in his Oshawa Generals jersey. So uh, I think the easy answer to your question is yes. That is going to turn some people off. I know there's people that have been watching these shows that that have said that you know they don't even consider that to be a rookie card because it's not an NHL card, but it is a rookie card as far as you know technically as it's technically defined. Um, I think. You know, as far as other 90s cards go, like those ones we mentioned from 1990, 91, 92, like Paul Correa's rookie card is a, is a Team Canada card. That Chris Pronger is a Team Canada card from 93, I think it is. So there's so many, but they're also in the junk wax era. There's also no shortage of them. You, you, can, you, just, you can't sell these cards uh, on other platforms for the shipping cost oftentimes, right? They're, they're just... No one wants to pay three bucks shipping on on a Forsberg rookie or a Solani raw rookie. It, it's crazy. Well, if, if you listen to our show tomorrow, we debate the Lidstrom one because if you anyone caught the Athletic did it, what they called like an NHL ninety nine project where they picked the top one hundred players, ninety nine being debatable in the post nineteen sixty seven expansion era, and their number six player or number seven player was Nicholas Lidstrom, and his. Uh, OPG premier rookie is a pop of 256, right? It's not a, it's not a, a crazy high pop count. Uh, Connor McDavid is 2,500. The most recent comp on a Lidstrom, again, according to the athletic number seven hockey player, best seventh best hockey player since 1967 goes for $58. So you just, yeah, that's impressive that it's so cheap and that he's ranked that high by the athletic since 1967 seventh best player. Oh, that's an, I, I don't know. Listen, I have a ton of respect for Nicholas Lidstrom, um, but I don't know if he's the seventh best player since then. I think they're, I think you'd see like, I mean, I mean, you've, you've got McDavid, Crosby, and Ovechkin who are still playing. You got Gretzky, Lemieux, Messier, Iserman, Patrick Waugh. I mean, I don't think he's seven. He's probably top 20, but anyway, all that said, you did what I found most interesting for me about what you just said was OPG premier. When I mentioned Lidstrom, I was thinking about his, I think it's card number 26 from 1991-92 OPG, yeah. where he's in his Swedish jersey. And then in the high numbers or the, the later year version that came out, he's got a young gun in, pictured yeah. in Detroit. I love the looks of that card. Not a big fan of the 91-92 OPG premiere set. Too similar to the 90-91s and way mass produced compared to what you'd want it to be for what was supposed to be a high-end set back in that day. Uh, Basement Breaks calls out that Aginla's rookie is also Canada. That's from the yeah. 95 SP series, 94, 95 SP. Again, another one that he's right. A, a great card of a Hall of Famer that is in uh, not in an NHL jersey. So some people don't consider it to be a rookie card. Personally, I do. But let's see. Mitch makes the comment here that personally, and it's weird I'm saying this because I own a copy, I think that national team cards ding them in terms of desirability. No, I think you're completely right. They do because there are people who don't want those cards. So right there, you're losing demand. You lose demand, you're going to lose some value. That said, there's enough people that that, that it's, it's a very small amount of people that don't consider them to be rookie cards that do ding that 
that desirability. But I think over time, we could see that increase. We could. We could. The one thing I push back on you, Jeremy, and not that I really am that invested into this, but because we went through the same thought exercise on our show, which again comes out tomorrow morning, but go to, if you have an athletic subscription, go to the NHL 99 and read Nicholas Lidstrom's bio. I think he's like, was it seven time Vesna winner or five time Vesna winner or something like that? Norris. Norris winner. Sorry. Norris winner. But just crazy amount of accomplishments in his career. And they had him ahead of Ray Bork and... Uh, you know, I think only Bobby Orr was the only higher rated defenseman than that. Uh, yeah, no, I, that I, you know, I'll agree with that. Nick, like, listen, Nicholas Lidstrom is an all time great, but the seventh best since 1967. I mean, that's, that's a very lofty assessment. That's, that's such high praise when Gretzky Lemieux, Crosby, McDavid. Now McDavid doesn't have the 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 Stanley Cups, but he's skill set. He's probably number one. They had him 16th right now as the post expansion era. Now here's another one. What I, it, I'm just curious to get your. This is now my for my entertainment. Sorry everyone that's watching, but they had uh, so they had uh, uh, well Gretzky number one, then Lemieux, then Orr, and then the next three were. Crosby, Yager, Ovechkin. And the one that, that is curious to me is, would you put Yager ahead of Ovechkin? Or as far as I mean, great NHL? This is all just fun to argue because they're... Yeah, I don't players. know. I mean, I've watched both play. Yeah, I would. I would put Yager ahead of Ovechkin because Ovechkin's a goal scorer. He's Yager was a more... I think was a more complete player. So I could, I'm could. i okay with that. He had the longevity too. But to say that... McDavid w- w- was behind Lidstrom. Then I need to know what was what was the assessment criteria? Was it career accomplishments? Well, then of course Lidstrom's up there for all time greats. Stanley yeah. Cup, seven Norrises. I mean that's that's unheard of. Yeah. But if you're talking about skill and the best player, the best player is different than best career. And Fair McDavid point. to me is the best. I mean, arguably the best player of all time. Now. I, I don't want to get into the whole era versus era discussion, but you look at all these players we're talking about, McDavid, super skilled. I'm maybe the best skilled player I've ever seen play, and I've been going to games since the 80s, 70s, we'll actually. Look at his highlights over the past week. It's hard to argue that. Hard to argue that, right? I mean, the guy does it super high speed, what very few players have ever been able to do. So, yeah, it's I'm a big fan of of McDavid for sure, and as far as the skill set goes, so yeah, I find that to be uh, what the Athletic did um, arguable. But listen, I'm not gonna, I don't care enough to to argue it. I mean, that's just one column's. Uh, well, the the uh, fun rank. thing about doing stuff like that is the debate that it creates. Right? Yeah, really- fair. And I just don't, I don't necessarily enjoy partaking in these in these debates, but I'll happily uh, express my my opinion on a player. And, um, and then enjoy the good debate that comes from it. Uh, CC says, good point, Josh. Some consider Thornton to Thornton SP card the following year as his rookie as he is in a Bruins jersey. I've never seen that myself, CC, but I'm not doubting you. SSP Joel says, so many rookies during the junk wax era for hockey. Yeah, so true. We, on the one hand, where we got kind of... Uh, I don't want to use that one word I was about to use. So we got kind of ripped off that that's the case but on the other hand 
we can all afford all these cards. So uh, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Dennis says, uh, or Denny says, Scott Niedermeyer on yeah. his rookie card wears a Team Canada jersey. Yes, he does. Another great uh, call out of, of that situation. Basement Break says, McDavid represents the evolution of hockey to perfection. Well said, Basement Breaks. Wiz Pull says, Yager is 10 times the player Ovechkin is. Um, 10 times is a big, a big multiple whiz, but I don't know if 10 times, I mean, I'd be closer to the like 1.5, maybe, maybe even 1.25. 10 is a big multiple. And Tom says, come on, Jeremy, these debates are fun. Tom, I understand they're fun, but I'm coming up on 400 episodes of live streams and uh, I can only get into these discussions so many times uh, and say the same thing that so many times but i'm not going to disagree with you they they can be fun all right well hey that's the bottom of the comments the hockey auction is over for the night we had some great results tonight i think we have some happy uh, owners of new cards hoping people in the chat that were sellers i hope you're happy with your results tonight josh anything any any before we kind of run this out any anything else from the chat you guys want to talk about comments questions Good to go for about 10 more minutes or so, Josh. And then we're going to wrap up. If you're yeah, okay, I got, Josh. I got 10 more minutes if, if people want to chat. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. Doesn't matter. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up if there's nothing that comes in. Uh, Eric says, Yager is now the all-time goal-scoring leader in, league, sorry, leader in professional yep. hockey. Yes, saw that. That's pretty amazing. And Hockey Barn says, then there's the Korea Upper Deck Czech rookie card two years prior to his Upper Deck rookie card. That's That's a good point. Hockey Barn. I've owned, I don't own that anymore, but I own that card for 30, well, maybe not 30. I probably own that card for 25 years until I finally just sold that whole, I had that whole set and sold it off. But the Czech series was a very uh, popular series back in 91, 92, 93 when it first came out. It was the set, Josh, I don't know if you're aware of it. It was, it was meant for distribution in the Czech Republic, or maybe it was even Czechoslovakia back at the time. And, um, but some of them made their way over to North America. Wow. Cool. Mitch says, great show, guys. Glad we have more hockey content out there. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate that. And guys, if you didn't yet watch or, sorry, listen to Thursday's episode of Hockey Cards Gong Show, Mitch Grotman from Grotman Cards delivers a uh, the first installment. I think you guys are doing three installments or three volumes of the Cup Masterclass all by Mitch Grotman. And I've now listened to the whole thing. And Mitch did a great job uh, covering the first up until 09, the cup, 05, 06, 07, 08, 09. So we covered the first yeah. five years of it. And I'm looking forward to the next couple of, uh, of volumes of that. Josh, anything you'd like to say about that? Uh, he just did an awesome job. And it's so fun to, to listen to. And I would add to that, too, your masterclass of the 51 through 63 Parkhurst run was amazing as well. And it's a, it's a series that we have sort of fallen into that is – probably of anything we're doing is the most near and dear to my heart. And I think if we can help, and I think actually, Jeremy, you said this, and, and I really love the way you put it, bring together the most, foremost experts and most passionate collectors and really build the oral history of the hockey card hobby. To me, that is is just something that that is amazing. And we're just tickled to even be a part of it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's it's really humble of you to say that, that you're tickled to be a part of it. You're the one that is uh, quarterbacking the whole thing. And I like that you're going to store it on your website. It's going to become this evergreen content that I think people are going to refer back to probably for decades, never mind months or years, but for decades. So I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Mitch, I'm sure, is very honored to be a part of it. Um, uh, Aton, uh, who is Sports Card Cartel, is a part of it. Uh, of course, you and Troy and whoever else you guys bring on to do the rest of the episodes, it's going to it's going to live on for a long time. And um, I think people are going to really enjoy it and just learn from it. I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, Bobby Burrell did the hobby a great service by putting out his vintage hockey collector books. But books are the old way, you know, yeah. now it's like you want to you want to listen, watch as you're traveling, wherever you're going. And uh, you're going to be able to do that with with your stuff. So. That's pretty cool here. Mike Double V says the master class series is awesome. Thought I knew a lot about hockey sets, but always get some new nuggets of info out of each one. That's the key right there. New nuggets of info. There might be things you've heard, but you've forgotten over time. And you can come back to these episodes and kind of be reminded and just go back to enjoy them. As long as you're going to be, you know, passionate about hockey cards, whatever era it is. And the fact that you guys are breaking it down by era or however you're going to continue is going to be such that people will be able to really hone in on what they want to learn about and, and, and listen to. So I think that's really uh really good stuff. Uh, TDOT says cards like Messier and Bork have dropped big time. Those were steals. They've dropped since the peak TDOT, but again, zoom out TDOT. I always want to remind you zoom out and look at what they were in 2017 to 19. Lots of cards have dropped since 2021. Uh, Tom Harrison says, well, the Opichi, Tembeck 8990 ever hold a premium value? They do, Tom. They do hold a premium value as far as I'm aware. I personally don't like care to own them personally, but I believe they do uh hold a premium value. What are Tembeck? I don't Tembeck know. was like a Tembeck was a, a card stock used for Opichi Premier in 1991 that Opichi okay. that Opichi experimented with in 8990 and they did a parallel set to the 8990 opg set on that tembeck card stock and they're very rare is there any way to tell other than just knowing the difference in card stock or did they label them different or anything like that i believe it's just the card stock is the only difference i believe okay so it's kind of yeah. like tops tiffany where you have to really know yeah. what you're looking for yeah to tell yeah the difference. oh that's a great that's actually a really good analogy right there yeah for sure for sure uh, Mitch says, appreciate the kind words. Hey man, you, uh, you, you earned it. Honestly, you deserve it. You did a great job. And, uh, Grotman says I can, oh, okay. So that was different. All right. So listen, uh, let's wrap this up. I think I got all the comments here. Uh, hockey cards up says great show. Can we get a tag update? Um, everything at tag is going according to plan tag grading. Of course, if you don't know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm working with tag grading and um, we are doing grading drops right now. Check the website. Join the join the email list if you haven't yet for uh, for tag grading taggrading.com. Check it out. Uh, you know we're on the PWCC show. They sell a lot of of cards by graded by other grading companies. So I don't want to say anything about those companies, but I can just tell you that at tag grading, you're going to get the most consistent, uh, reproducible, and accurate grading in the hobby. And um, we are. We are very close to a marketing blitz. Let me just put it to that way. And all sorts of really major developments at tag grading. So 
We made a big statement of the Burbank show. We had a full uh, automated grading operation set up there and I'm just excited for the future of tag grading and really for the hobby overall. I think we're all in for something great when it comes to that. Uh, name, Indigenous rookie cards. Fun way to spend a Sunday. Thank you very much for joining. Hockey Barn says 10 back card backs are lighter than standard. Yeah. That's similar to the Opeachy Premier. It is that same. It is that yeah. same um, uh, stock. Uh, Mike says the back of the 10 back cards might be brighter, whiter than the regular stock. May need to have the card side by side to see the difference. Good point. And Basement Breaks says tag slabs are clean. Nice product. Thank you, Basement Breaks. Appreciate that on behalf of our whole team. Final word, Josh. We'll wrap up. It's an amazing auction. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all week and really happy with the results. And again, I'll echo, it's so nice to see the vintage kind of rule the night tonight. You know, we get so used to the McDavid, the same old guys, right? It's McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin, Gretzky. And, And I think too, I'll even add on there, to have vintage have such a prominent role without Gretzky rookies no, yeah, it's kind no of Gretzky wild rookie. too. Sorry, John. No Gretzky rookie on this front page. No, there's a second year Gretzky and there's a Gretzky autograph, but no Gretzky rookie in the top 24 cards sold uh, at in in the hockey auction this week on PWCC. I'm going to do a quick scroll through uh, this next page of 24, and then we are going to be done. Thank you, Mike Double V. Appreciate that. Hockey Barn says vintage is king. So right away, the first card, uh, two yep. of the next three are uh, Gretzky rookies, a PSA 5 and a PSA 4. I think the 4 is a nicer card. It just is nicer centered. Um, I did have my eye on this card tonight, but I, I just the centering kind of threw me off. There's another Gretzky rookie right there. It's a PSA 3, a Bellavo rookie, a PSA 10, Chelios at 1300 bucks. Oh, there's that card that you guys covered. It didn't get any bids and extended, I don't think. I think that's what it was. It was maybe got one bid and extended. Yep. And there we go. A couple more of the 33s. Another second year Gretzky, but that's a PSA 8. And there we have it. Those are the top, uh, the top, or the second 24. All right, Josh. Thanks for joining, man. Always, this was, this was great. Thanks for the color. Hang tight right there. Everybody in the chat. Still 55 of you out there watching. So thanks, everybody, for sticking with us tonight. Thank you, CC. Appreciate the comment. I'm going to end this in like five seconds. If you have a final comment, get it in there. Thank you, Basement Breaks. Much appreciated. Everybody, we'll see you again. Same time, same place next week. Tune into the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast. Talk to you guys later. Have a good week. Good night. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.